Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Pure Nintendo podcast. My name is Gemma, and with me this week, I have the one and only Kirk. Welcome back, Kirk. And, and today I am the roving Kirk. Since you are the roving the, Kirk. Yeah, we actually <laughs> went somewhere this week. Yeah, how exciting. So uh, would you like to tell us? Well, we'll start with that. I mean, this week we have a few things to talk about, but the bulk of the show is going to be about uh, your recent trip to New York to cover an exciting event from a developer. Would you like to reveal who that was? Yes, I do. The developer was Konami. Um, it is, we're recording this on Saturday. Um, the event was yesterday morning um, in New York City at a place called OS. New York City, which is kind of a, it's like a gaming area. It's a um, bunch of computers set up. You go in, you are just hop on computers and play games. They had board games inside of it. It looks like they have like a, probably RPG nights and and gaming card night. So it's a whole venue set up specifically for gamers and a really cool place to have an event. So good job for Konami to pick that. And and it helps that it was at the basement or not the basement. It was the ground level of the hotel we were in. So yeah. we were all very centrally located. They did a very good job. Very convenient. Uh, whereabouts yeah. in New York is it? Like which of the boroughs would that be? This was in uh, Chinatown, Little Italy, Little Italy area. Oh, yeah. So down towards the Southern area of Manhattan. Cool. Very, very cool. So Konami, you know, I Konami to me has been around a long time and I actually looked it up to see <laughs> for the show. They've been around since 1977, which wow. I didn't realize. That's a long time. That's, yeah. a, that's a really long time. Um, and I remember like, I guess in the 90s playing games like uh, TMNT, like Turtles 4, Turtles in Time and seeing the Konami logo kind of splash up on the screen. That's like my first Konami memory. Um, and I, I know... Um, Bomberman we're going to talk about but uh I didn't realize Hudson Soft because that was Bomberman for me in the in the 90s Hudson Soft was acquired by Konami uh about 10 years ago or so which is why they now have Bomberman so okay there you go bit of history uh so yeah so tell us about the event what did you get to do there what did you get to play who did you meet before the event let's let's also um uh I got in Thursday uh, afternoon, mm-hmm. which which gave me quite a bit of time. The event was from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Friday. Um, so New York being my old living place, I, I lived in Midtown um, for, I was in the area for five years. I lived in Midtown mm-hmm. for three of that. Um, but so I, I decided I had to go to the Nintendo store um, and had <laughs> forgotten course. how big Manhattan actually is. Um, so I, I walked three <laughs> miles from where I was up to up to the Nintendo store. And I have to say, I uh, was a little disappointed in the Nintendo oh, store. okay. Have you not been there before? To the New I York have one? not, not to that okay. location. Um, yeah. I, I guess I was expecting it to be more of a full, like everything Nintendo is going to be here as mm. opposed to like um, the Nintendo store that's part of the outside area walk at Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of just selling like little, uh, a few knickknacks here and there. And that's really all the Nintendo store was in New York. No yeah, Pikmin right. merchandise whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's shocked me. Yes. Mm, you would think that, yeah. Um, uh, a plush Ochi. Wouldn't that be yes. flying off the shelves at this point? Um, there, there was nothing. And that's not why it wasn't there because it flew off the shelves, was it? <laughs> it? Well, there was one wall that had a Pikmin sign at the top of it, but none of the merchandise underneath it was Pikmin related. Which um, seems odd. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They they had a few Fire Emblem 
figures. I don't know if they were for sale. They were like these eight inch fire emblem figures of like Claude and, uh, and Byleth, um, from, and Lysithia from, uh, three houses and they had prices on them, but they were behind glass and it didn't look like you would be able to buy them. Perhaps if you found someone and said, I want these, they'd pull the stock out of the back or something. Right. How Um, much were they? Were they expensive? The Claude and Lysithia, I believe were about 80 bucks and Mm -hmm. Byleth was maybe 110, 120. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It was female Byleth, (laughs) by the way, female Byleth. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a bit disappointing. I remember going to the new Nintendo uh, store in New York, gosh, maybe five years ago now, and I actually got a couple of Pikmin plush toys from there. Not okay. Ochi, obviously. He wasn't around five years ago. <laughs> but I did buy, I think, the blue and the yellow for my kids. I got one for each of them. So, yeah, surprising they, they don't have anything. Now that oh. Pikmin 4 is out and we're actually celebrating Pikmin lately, um, that seems strange. <laughs> yeah, maybe they had sold out, like you said. And I was actually, uh, it disappointed me because I was going there with the intention of getting them because uh, mm. everyone in my family, we all we all decided which Pikmin we were oh, around the dinner so table cool. one night. And I was yeah. going to get that Pikmin for each person. <laughs> which Pikmin are you, Kirk? Uh, I'm yellow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Not 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 because I could be thrown higher than anyone else, but uh, <laughs> uh, what do we decide? I'm not afraid of electricity, uh-huh. and uh, I I would probably dig faster than anyone else in the family <laughs> if it came down to it. Oh, that's awesome! I'm going to do that same exercise with my kids. There's only three oh, yeah. of us, though, so we <laughs> might be able to have two each or something. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how much you can learn about one another when you really try to assign Pikmin values to each person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like there's a quiz in that for our next issue of the magazine. Which Pikmin <laughs> are you? <laughs> That's true. Well, we'll set it up. Everyone can, uh, yeah, answer yeah. 10 questions and be assigned a Pikmin color. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. I'll, uh, I'll let Trev know. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. So did you end up with any purchases from the store or not? I, this time I did not. I did not. Okay. Um, so I had it out. But one other, one other thing before I get to Konami, because I, I have a fun tale here. And this one's kind of just for Trevor, because every time mm-hmm. we talk about going somewhere, he's always like, bring your DS. Let's see if we can get any street pass. Yeah, we got to bring the DS. Mm-hmm. So I took my DS um, on the flight, wondering if I was going to get anyone. And on the flight from Cleveland to New York, I got nobody. And mm-hmm. then the drive from the airport to the hotel, nobody. I went to the Nintendo store, nobody. Wow. Um, Going around or going to the Konami event, I still had my DS with me. Nobody. <laughs> but when I got back to Newark um, to fly out, I checked before I went, um, boarded the plane, and I got one person on <gasps> really? my street pass. Um, a, a fellow from the UK named uh, Too Cool Four. <laughs> nice. So <clears throat> if Too Cool Four is out there and listening, Nice to meet you. I, I, I just imagine it, the, the person from England opening his DS and maybe he just got one person on there and he got yeah. me and it was going through the same bit of elation that I yeah. was like, oh man, I went to the United States and I got someone from Ohio. I needed yeah. to fill that part of the map and I got it. Hopefully you completed it for him. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. Well, it's kind of sad, but awesome that you did get at least one because yeah, what, when was that a thing? Like 10, probably more than 10 years ago now. You'd take yeah. your DS with you and you would just like, I would take it to work with me in the city, just here in Brisbane. Yeah. And I'd meet people every day, like tens, probably not hundreds in Brisbane, but yeah. tens of people, <laughs> uh, which is cool, you know, and you collect your little me's. And then I, when I went overseas, like when I was in New York, well, probably not New York five years ago, where was I? Maybe I went to Hong Kong around uh, 2008 
um, met a lot of people over there. So, yeah, that was cool. I miss those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. I used to uh, I, I used to take it to my office on purpose because the office right next to ours was a dentist office, and so a lot of kids would bring their ah. DS to the dentist office to, to mm-hmm. pass time while they were in the waiting room. So I would yeah I would always get that. And the one time I flew to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we had, I had a layover in Japan and I took my DS with me specifically to get people from Japan while I was at the yeah. airport walking around, but I had forgotten. I put it in, uh, whatever the equivalent of airplane safe mode is for the DS. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't accepting any street oh, no. pass <laughs> until I got back on the airplane where I was going to fly from uh, Tokyo to, to Hong Kong. So I hurried up and I turned it on real quickly. And I think I grabbed one or two people from that flight or, or nearby <laughs> yeah. anyway, but completely missed out on everybody I would have had at that airport. And I was furious with myself. Oh, yeah. You would have got heaps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Missed opportunity. <laughs> it was. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, so take us, what, what would happen next? After the Nintendo World Store, what happened? Oh, after that, next? I was just doing touristy type things, visiting mm-hmm. some of my old haunts and uh, old restaurants I used to go to, visited my old apartment building, um, which is now a, uh, a boutique hotel, a long stay mm-hmm. hotel kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was good to be back, but uh, but I had to focus on an event coming up, so. I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. So the event itself, um, was it like, uh, did they start with kind of an intro spiel from someone from Konami or how did it yeah. run? Yeah. It, in, in fact, the whole thing struck me as curious because, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot different from when I went to see Ubisoft in San Francisco where they give you a little mm-hmm. bit of a presentation. It, it all feels very much like the same thing they would do if you booked um, time for an event at like a, an E3 or something along those lines. Um, there's the presentation, there's time with the game, and then there's a uh, available time to, to interview. Um, so I really get the feeling that like if E3 happens, then they're not doing this event in New York, mm. but yeah. also this is a lot cheaper because obviously they're, they're just running out of small space. They're not paying, uh, IDG or wh- whatever the company is that, uh, I guess IDG was Macworld. Um, mm-hmm. that's sponsoring it. They're not buying the booth space. They're not paying for the hardware. They're not staffing all the people and flying them down there for that whole thing. So, so instead they just have, they rent these one day event spaces. Um, they set up, uh, some computers, or uh, some gaming systems, although this place <laughs> already had them. It was a gaming center to begin with. Yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and then they just bring media in for that. So, so it's, it's a decent, you know, it's not as much fun for the fans, but for media, we, we, we still get our time with the developers and the PR people with these games. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's important. So it's good to, good to attend. Yeah. And so, I mean, five hours is not a huge amount of time. What, how many games do they cover during that session? There were, th- uh, there, well, there were four, um, three of which were coming to the Nintendo. The three games okay. that they talked about were Super Bomberman R2, mm-hmm. the Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume 1, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Super Crazy Rhythm Castle. Ooh. There was another game called Signy, uh, which which right now is um, only for the the later gen consoles, uh, your PS5s mm-hmm. and and Xbox equivalents. So I didn't play yeah, that okay. one. I watched some other people play it. It was a very pretty game, kind of like a uh, a bullet hell kind of game, but requiring uh-huh. more strategy and finesse. It looked mm-hmm. like, but but my focus was on the other three. Cool. Okay. Well. Uh, do you want to take us through them in order or how would you like sure. to do that? 
Sure. Um, well, the first one was Super Bomberman R2. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't have a whole lot of experience, unfortunately, with the Super Bomberman game. So this was kind of like uh, my first real um, chance to dig in. Um, they showed us a presentation about the different abilities, um, the things that will be coming in, in R2. And I'm pulling that up right now on the Nintendo site to see that will be available on um, September 13th. Yeah, less than um, a month away. For the Switch. Yep. Uh, they, it has some of the same modes as, uh, in Super Bomberman R. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, uh, story mode, which, which I, I played through for the most part, um, the single player story mode. I don't know if the, did you play Super Bomberman R? Did that have a story mode? Yeah. Or have they did. just been focusing on multiplayer lately? No, there was a story mode. I'm fairly okay. certain. It's been a few years. <laughs> I'm fairly certain there, there's an online game as well, like an online version of Super Bomberman that was only for multiplayer play. But Super Bomberman R, I should probably double check that. But I'm, <laughs> why can't I remember? Uh, I thought it did have a, a single player mode. Yeah. Usually the mainline games do. Like I remember in the 90s when uh, it was Super Bomberman for the Super Nintendo. That was the first, and I think it was the first westernized version of Bomber, the word, the title Bomberman. They used to be called Dino Blaster or something like that. And Super Bomberman came to the to the Super Nintendo. And my friends and I played a lot of Super Bomberman in the 90s. Like it was such a fun, sort of the late 90s, I guess, um, or mid, mid to late 90s, um, fun multiplayer game. Really, really fun. But it did have a story mode too, which also I enjoyed. It's kind of, you you would know from your experience with Super Bomberman R2, it's sort of a top-down experience. And obviously there's enemies that you have to blow up (laughs) with bombs and there's a little bit of strategy in the timing, you know, if they're walking around or if they're chasing you or not. Sometimes they're just kind of moving up and down in a little pattern or whatever. Um, Some of them are very clever. They might bounce across. There's, you know, there's barriers. It's a bit like a labyrinth, isn't it, really, that you're trapped in. And some yes. of them might bounce across or go through walls or whatever they are. Or some of them have their own bombs or own techniques to get to you. So there's a few elements like that that are quite enjoyable. But, um, yeah, the multiplayer yeah. side of it has always been, I guess, the most uh, desirable part. I don't know. The part that people come back to over like, again and again, right? Yes. I suppose it's like, uh, it's like Mario Kart, um, you know, you can play it one player if you want to. <laughs> Although no, that's kind of different, isn't it? Because it's the same races. Okay, forget that. Uh, anyway, how did you go with your experience with it being kind of your first main experience? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing that struck me the most was like, you know, especially since it's my first time, if I'm going into one of these events with other people mm-hmm. who may have been playing this game for years and they come in and they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> We're doing a party game and I'm just, I'm just getting destroyed. Mm. Um, so I didn't join the group. I, I did, <laughs> I went to a lone setup and thought, oh, I'm going to learn this game on my own, but I was surprised how quickly you pick up on the nuances of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like at the beginning, I'm like, okay, I'm dropping bombs. I see what this does. But then after a while, I'm like, okay, well, if I put this here and then kick it, I'm going to be able to get that there. And I see how mm-hmm. this guy attacks. Mm-hmm. So I'll move around. It's a very easy game to pick up, um, how to really be strategic with it instead of just kind of randomly dropping bombs and running around and hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah. I, I do see how uh, multiplayer um, in that regard would be much more fun uh, mm-hmm. with this. Uh, yeah. The the story mode has, it, it, it 
follows these little, like you're collecting these little things. Uh, the word begins with E. I should have taken a note on that. Emulons or something like that. Okay. Um, but you're, you're acquiring these guys as you go along and, and kind of like helping them. You sort of like crash land on a planet. It's a Pikmin sort of thing really now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. You and a whole bunch of other Bomberman characters who I, I'm going to assume are pretty familiar to people because there was no introduction and they all mm. came in with, uh, you know, these, uh, these, these very diverse characteristics that I, I have a feeling have been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you're working with them and you're collecting these other things and, and going through mazes and unlocking certain things. So there's, there's a lot to do. Um, but I, I think most of the fun is going to be just hopping into a maze with other people and, and engaging it in different ways. And in fact, that's one of the things that they focused on is there is a new story mode or sorry, new multiplayer mode on this, a new battle mode called Castle, Ooh, okay. um, mm-hmm. where... The, the the players are divided into two sides. One side is going to attack and the other one is going to defend. You're uh, defending treasure. And as long mm. as you, um, for the defenders, as long as there's one treasure chest left, then you've won. The attackers have to destroy all the treasure chests on, on the field. Uh, but another cool thing about this is there's a, there's a level editor. Um, so you can design cool. your own stage, basically, um, share it with other people. So you'll be able to download these other stages, upload your own creations, and then engage with uh, other people locally or online. Um, with well, that uh, sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. If you're <laughs> especially if you were into like the Mario Maker, where you were creating yeah. your own levels, you, you could do it here. Except this is going to be a bit easier because um, you know you're just working with one map. Where it's, I mean, they could be big maps. You're not mm. just looking at everything on the one screen. You got to move around and find everything. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, there should, there's an awful lot to do to, to, to keep fans of the game entertained here. And then some of the, the traditional um, stages, the battle modes that people remember are, are coming back as well. Um, like standard mm. Grand Prix, Battle 64. Um, these are all part of it, too. The castle is the new one. Yeah. That actually sounds really fun. Um, the castle mode sounds great. Mm-hmm. I, I really look forward to trying that one. <laughs> it's a bit similar to, I think... Uh, one of, I think the, the Wii, whatever was on the Wii, whatever Bomberman was on the Wii had some sort of, you, you collected stars and you had to keep them. Um, and the person with the most stars kind of at the end won. Similar in that, you know, you have to defend yourself and you kind of stay alive. You don't really die. I don't know about the, this uh, castle one, whether you die or you can keep defending your treasures or not. There was also a mode that was like, a crown mode where you, you're the the person with the crown and once you get bombed you lose your crown and someone else can pick it up so it's sort of like you're not just there to kill you know to d- destroy everyone you're there to survive i guess the longest or be the one who has the crown at the end or the most stars or in this case the treasure so yeah that sounds fun because those modes were really really good they're just a little bit different to the you know blast as many people as you can and be the last survivor <laughs> last yeah. man standing or whatever yeah and the the level creator i can see that being quite popular you know like you said mario maker a lot of people like mario maker you know minecraft is a huge thing that's a bit sandbox kind of thing that my kids love um and so hence they loved mario maker they spent a lot more time in mario maker than i did so i think that'll work really well and i'm not so much of a creator of these levels but i like playing on the people's levels in in mario for example so i can see that being quite a highlight and adding quite some longevity to the to the game i did just look up uh bomberman r does have a story mode 
it's been a while since I played Superman R, but it does have a story mode. So just to confirm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's really cool. Oh, they're Elons. El- Eltons? Elons. Elons. Okay. Yeah. What, what did I, yeah, I, I was close. <laughs> yeah. 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 It just happens to be on the, on the eShop listing there. I just yeah. noticed it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are these little like uh, ghost, ghostly like figures that uh, didn't seem to do much talking. They just, they just kind of followed you around. And as you uh, mm. uh, unlock more of them, then there are certain things where you need to use a certain number of them in order to access various items. So you, you've got to collect them and keep them alive. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's more of a puzzle, but yeah, the, the single player mode is more of like a puzzle adventure, I would say, um, mm-hmm. obviously with the, the same sort of gameplay mechanics, but you're, uh, figuring out how to get to these things, how to keep them alive, where are you going to, to utilize them as opposed to just the absolute chaos of the various, uh, multiplayer modes. Um, so I think yeah. both could be entertaining. <laughs> um, I would, I would certainly, I, I think I would have more fun with the multiplayer, which is odd for me to say, because I tend to be more of a single player um, kind of a, a guy. I prefer that experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, B- Bomber Mad was, was made for multiplayer. And yeah. also, I really, again, I hate to do this, but boy, some of the voice acting in the single player mode. I, I just, I, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it's very high pitched and fast, is it? Like it's... It's, yeah, some of the, the, the acting was done that way. They also, it, it could be that they were telling jokes that I just didn't really find all that clever and they were selling them so hard. And <laughs> <laughs> if you work that hard to sell the joke and it still doesn't land, then it's harder for me to listen to than if they just told the joke <laughs> and went on, like, listen, you like this year, don't, we're going to get through this. They, they, uh... Um, it like it was aimed at kids, right? Yeah, uh, okay. that, that's how I'll put it. Like uh, seven or eight year olds may be really <laughs> into the way that way this was done, and yeah, I, okay. I'm not. I'm not seven or eight. Yeah, that's true. So. I mean, it is a very cartoony yeah. game. You know, the characters are very the different colors. They're very bright. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's rated E10, so it's it's definitely not uh, you know violent game i mean (laughs) despite all the bombs (laughs) (laughs) yeah despite all the bombs uh cartoon violence let's call it so all right yeah yeah when it is and the the colors of the graphics are fantastic the the it's is it's a joyful game i mean like all all the characters are running around just having a great time and they're exploding they're flying away and they're coming back and it's yeah it's it's chaotic joy i I don't know how else to describe it so um, yeah. yeah, looks looks like a lot of fun, and I'm I'm glad I finally uh, had the chance to dig into it a bit. Uh, mm. Yeah, because it's been like I said, it's been around. I, I remember I remember playing it in the '90s, but it must have been around long before then. So, and Konami has been around a long time. So, yeah, what are we like? 2023. So at least you know, 30 years later, still playing Bomberman. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, time will tell what it, what it's uh, what it's actually like. Well, I mean, you've played it, but when we get to when I get our hands on it in September. And we can hopefully give it a review and see how we go. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So what do you want to move on to the next title that you mentioned, which was, was yes, Metal which was Gear actually Solid? one of the last games I played, but I want to save, I want to save super crazy rhythm castle for last. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I love I'll the talk name about, of that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about metal gear solid, mm-hmm. um, the collection metal gear solid master collection volume one, which includes a lot of Metal Gear content. Um, yeah, going this was, all... um, was this in the Nintendo Direct, wasn't it? They mentioned, I think, that this yes. was coming. Yeah. yeah. And there was a lot. There's like 
How many games are there in this collection? Oh boy, there's, well, you know what? I just pulled it up on, on the Switch or on the eShop, excuse me. So we're getting Metal Gear. We're getting Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. We're getting Metal Gear, what is it? Solid, including VR mission, special missions. We're getting Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, HD collection version. We're getting Metal Gear Solid. That's hard to say, Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> when you do it a whole bunch of times. I keep yeah. Metal Gear Sir 3 Snake Eater. <laughs> HD yeah. collection version. We're getting Metal Gear NES FC version, and we're getting Snake's Revenge. I've already lost count. That's like seven yeah. or something. <laughs> so, like, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and and I did not have time to play all of them. Um, obviously, mm. it was a lot to go through. In fact, I, I wanted to get into as many as I possibly could, so I, I only played each of them for about 10, 10 minutes mm-hmm. um, but yeah. before moving along. Uh, the thing that struck me most about this is if you're a Metal Gear fan, this is a fantastic collection for you because it includes so many other things. Mm-hmm. It includes um, digital graphic novels of Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2. It includes um, uh, screenplays. Uh, what, what does it say here? The Metal Gear Solid screenplay book. It's got master books. It's uh, all of these. Um, in fact, I was, I was talking about this with, with, another, um, with another writer who was there. All mm-hmm. of it is is accessed within game. Of course, it's all digital. You can pull it up and flip through it like a book. It's all mm-hmm. laid out as if all of this was meant for print. Um, There's no print version of it out there, but it's like you're pulling this up on the TV and you're reading it like you're reading a book. It's all laid out in a very natural format that's easy to le- read, easy to appreciate. Um, the whole thing was just very lovingly done. Wow. Um, so mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid fans, I imagine you're going to go nuts over this collection. There is a physical release. Do you think that would come with some printed collateral? Or we wondered not? about that. I, I don't think it would because there. First of all, there's a lot. I don't know which they would select. Um, they could mm. like if there was a commemorative edition or like a special edition that came with all this. I would think so. But some uh, of these yeah. um, books are are th- there's a lot there, and you just wouldn't be able to jam it into like a switch case. So yeah, yeah, I true. don't believe so. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, I love that there are A, so many games, and then B, like you said, so much love given to the extras, like these sort of digital versions of printed kind yeah. of um, collateral. I think there's also some sort of, what is it, like a graphic, uh, no, no, how was it called? Like a graphic, digital graphic novel kind of thing? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. Yep. That sounds really cool. Hmm. Um, there are, they were showing us a lot of clips, like some promotional clips and, and things that have been set up for it. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's just an awful lot to dig into in addition to all the games themselves. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's such a good collection. You know, we've talked about collections yeah. so, so many times on the show and how two games is not really a collection. <laughs> yes. But this is like, this is a decent collection. Like this is Oh yeah. Good. This is a, this is well, a master collection, if you will. Mm, um, yeah. I guess they do a um, lot of games to draw from. The series has been around. Yes. What? Since the late eighties or something, right? Uh, yeah. Around. Um, judging from the way the first one played when I got on it, it seemed like it was very much an NES era, um, kind mm-hmm. of game, but not all the metal gear solid games have been on Nintendo devices before. Have they, weren't they more like PlayStation exclusives? Yeah. Or did they, were they all them, available? Well, I don't know, but a bunch of them were on the, definitely on the PlayStation and the Xbox as well, but I'm not sure okay. which ones were on which uh, devices, to be honest, I've not uh, <laughs> not been hugely exposed to the series uh, yep. previously. So, yeah, 
but it looks like there's a oh, there's a whole lot of games to choose from. Yeah, and and the thing that struck me most since I was I was playing them in order is the, the variation between playing the first Metal Gear towards when you get up to Metal Gear Solid Three um, mm-hmm. with the the HD remaster of it. The, the game obviously grew from something very small and like your typical sort of NES game, except of course it was more stealth based, mm-hmm. um, less action, more stealth. And in fact, that, that that was one of the things that I was having some trouble with as I played. Uh, like, I, I don't know if there, there was an expectation that you already knew how to play these games. Um, there is an online instruction manual that you could open. I didn't because I didn't think I had time. I was just going off a little card they gave us for the controls. Mm-hmm. But um, like at one point I picked up a gun and thought, okay, why is the button I'm going to use to fire the weapon? But after I had the gun, I had the chance to use it. It wasn't shooting. So I guess there's got to be a way you've got to like load up the gun first uh, um, mm-hmm. in order to have access to it. So there were some some things like that that, that kind of threw me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it, 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 it struck me like how even though we moved from like that sort of top-down arcade look of the first Metal Gear from the NES era to the um, 3D uh, Metal Gear Solid 3. It's like the gameplay still felt basically the same because you were still finding ways to hide. Um, you, you Stealth is obviously the whole thing. Um, if, if you're detected, your map shuts off, for example, and then you're just running for your life trying to find cover or, or if you're able to fight it out, you do so uh, to, to get around that. Um, and I thought both of those were fantastic. I love playing the old 8-bit graphic game with the arcade mm-hmm. feel and the, the simplicity of it, aside from the, the, the control issues that I had simply because of my lack of knowledge, um, to the more immersive Metal Gear Solid 3, um, which felt very much like any other sort of like a, a first-person video game that I would be playing these days. The one that mm-hmm. I didn't click with was the was Metal Gear Solid 2, which very much had that heavily pixelated but 3D polygonal look of, of like mm-hmm. the early PlayStation games. And that's just a personal right. preference with me. I yeah. don't like the way those games look now. I can handle the old arcade games. Um, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> they, they, it could be because that's when I started. It just reminds me of that era. But that middle ground between from there to where we are now just always seemed off to me. And I, I, I just wasn't into the look. That doesn't mean the game's not good. Um, mm. It just means that uh, it, it didn't it, it didn't garner, grab my attention um, yeah. the, the way the other ones did. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me as well. I think, yeah, interesting. When when is that one releasing? Do we have a date? That one is not until October. Um, the current mm. release date is October twenty fourth. Uh, so cool. so it's a little ways off. Um, yeah. But you know what? That's that's going to make an excellent holiday gift for everybody yeah, out yeah. there. If uh, moms, dads, grandparents, if you have any memory of your children playing Metal Gear games when when they were young, um, doesn't matter what age they are now. Go ahead and pick up this collection for them because yeah. it, it's got a lot. It's going to bring <laughs> yeah. back a lot of good memories for a lot of gamers. That's awesome. That is really cool. Well, so that's that's game number two. Uh, do you are you ready for game number three? I am because what a trip, what a trip yeah. this, this game is going to be. It this does look is <laughs> super crazy rhythm castle. Um, and I, in an interview, I, I, I was, I interviewed uh, a rep with Konami. His, his name's Christian. I will uh, have that uh, interview up on the site and in the magazine, I, I imagine pretty soon. But I asked cool. him at one point, which is the more superlative t- word in this title. 
super mm-hmm. or crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, he said he's going to have to go with crazy. And, and he's, I, <laughs> I think he's right. This, yeah. this is a, a rhythm game um, that doesn't rely solely on rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a multiplayer game that at some point relies on on total cooperation between um, players and at other times requires you to go off and do your own thing. Uh, but it's set in this castle where uh, you're like, I, I don't even fully understand what the story <laughs> is, despite the movie that they gave me and, and the fact that we we're playing it um, with, with multiple people. You're going to choose a character and you're running around inside this castle where somehow this evil Lord is like controlling music or controlling everything. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, I played maybe three levels out of 30. So I have a feeling that we're going to dig deeper into it. There are characters that you keep running into and they kind of make jokes about the situation. And then they're kind of like, Hey, we're going to rely on you to save everything. So, you know, all those characters come into play. There's a, a, a lot of weird people to meet in this, but visually, like, let's say you're in a castle, except the rooms in the castle are connected by, uh, staircase keyboards um, right. <laughs> and you're kind of like running along these keyboards and it's not gameplay related but you're you're like playing the piano as you run and then you you jump on top of these horns and the horns lift you up like elevators and and in my interview with him I, I kind of compared it to a cross visually between Yellow Submarine the movie the Beatles movie and <laughs> Teen Titans Go oh yeah <laughs> it's a very surrealistic um, mm-hmm. but, but colorful and musical world that you're running around in. And then every now and again, you have to engage in rhythm battles. Cool. Looks um, like it's, is it mostly top down perspective? Yes. Some, sometimes it's not. But looks like yeah. It. Yeah. Mostly the, most of the gameplay is, is top down. There may be some elements that we didn't get to where they, they changed that up a bit. Mm. Um, but you're basically like, uh, like I mentioned running between different things, you get into a room and suddenly you're you're given a challenge where okay here's this rhythm battle you have to get three stars before you're able to unlock this door. Right. So the the rhythm is it, it starts everybody off on there. Well, there are two levels of this, two um, uh, difficulty levels, regular mm-hmm. and pro. Everybody starts off on regular, and if it's regular, you ha- you're you're using three buttons. So it's kind of like the old uh, rock band guitar hero kind of thing where the the, the the colors are coming down the lines and right when they reach like the base level of that, you have to hit the corresponding button. Mm-hmm. Um, the game thankfully indicates what those buttons are because visually the items that are coming down, the colors aren't really identified like with an X or anything, but you can see where they're going to hit and you see what the button is. Um, on regular level, there are three buttons you need to worry about. There's R1, L1, and Y. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not too hard to wrap your brain around that. Um, I mentioned last week that I, I like to think I'm pretty good at rhythm games. You did, yes. <laughs> and I was playing with two other people and I was the only one who advanced to pro. So right, feeling pretty okay. good about that. They put me on yeah. pro level. Pro <laughs> now has four buttons and it took me longer than I, I, I had hoped to wrap my head around four buttons because I was now using R1, L1, Y, and the new one was the left D-pad button. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So the button controls themselves, although, you know, like I, I'm looking at my hands right now and I see that they all make sense. They all, it's all very well yeah. coordinated. But hitting that D, um, the, the left D button w- was trickier for me to get to than, than I, I, I mm-hmm. would have liked. So I my, my productivity dropped off. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, and it makes a huge difference. You still had fun, that's good. But it makes a difference, the controls, you know, especially in a rhythm game. Um, I think you can do it well. Like it sounds like this one has done well, but you could also make it uh, (laughs) unnecessarily challenging by choosing buttons that don't make sense. Yeah, and like I was thinking maybe there's a way to change it. But then I, looking at the controller, I was like, but I don't know what I would switch it to because, you know, I want obviously both (laughs) my thumbs to now be the middle buttons and there's nowhere else to put the other thumb other than Mm -hmm. maybe like hitting the R stick, uh, the, uh, sorry, the L stick in Mm -hmm. or out, but that wouldn't be nearly as precise. So I I, I think what they did was right. And I, um, after, after a few things, I'm going to be able to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Um, I will point out that there are, I believe they said about 30 songs in it, all of them, um, currently original. There's no, there are no pop songs or or anything working their way into this. And I'm going to bring up uh, a point here because later on when we're talking about, uh, uh, some news that that, that's coming out, I don't mind this because, My problem with um, rhythm games that are like uh, licensing actual songs out there is my my taste in music don't really gel with that kind of game, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I'm not getting my songs in these games. I'm getting songs I don't like in these games. (laughs) So, you know, they they mention in there that there's a lot of different genres in here. There are going to be, um, you know, again, all original, but there are rock songs. There's hip hop. There's dubstep. I have no interest in hip hop or dubstep, but if I've never heard the song before, it's easier for me to just get into it as opposed to thinking, oh man, I can't stand this song. And now yeah, I've got to listen to yeah. it for however long it takes me to play this thing. So I'm, I'm fine with that. He also said that there will be some surprises in there. Um, Konami fans will recognize some of the music that they're, they're going to hear. Oh, that's cool. So, so some theme songs maybe from classic titles that yes, are recognizable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they didn't say that what they nice were. Touch. And I, I think, yeah, the fun will be uh, finding those when you get to them. So uh, yeah, there will be some exactly. of that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I think if a game or if the music in a game is done well as an original track, it's great. It's wonderful. I mean, pop songs are good in their own way. They have their place, but not like you say, not everyone likes every song. So you're going to end up hating some songs, loving some songs, skipping some songs if you can. Um, it could put people off. Some people are pretty passionate about certain <laughs> pop music songs, I guess. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and that's love or hate it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so if they can keep it pretty, you know, general and original, I think, as, yeah, I, I find games like that a lot more approachable and accessible and it also means that there's a lot more talent and time put into these titles. You know, someone's written these songs for this game. Yeah. You know, purposely. And they've they probably fit in better for that reason. You know, it's not just taking yeah. Taylor Swift or whatever. It's just it's like yeah. Like, so I, I appreciate I that. Yeah. More cohesion between the songs too, because um, you know, it, it's like even though they're different styles, if it's all coming from from one writer or at least all produced by the same person then there's a, a little bit of a thread that connects them all. So it's not mm-hmm. quite as jarring as you bounce from from one song to the other. Yeah, that's a really good point as well, actually. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, do you have just a little, well, it's not way off topic. It is and it isn't. <laughs> but because we're talking about a rhythm game and and you seem to have a some sort of affinity with rhythm games, do you have a favorite or one that um, you resonated <laughs> I do, and this will sound bad because I can never remember the title of it, and it's one nobody <laughs> has ever heard of. 
but it came from Square Enix and it was oh. available for mobile devices. I used to play it on the iPad. Right. I want okay. to play. See, every time I go to think of the title, I, I'm coming up with Radiant Historia. And that's not what it is. That's a completely different game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was a game where you were, it, it was had an anime style to it. And, and you were a composer and your brother was a composer and you're going into this tower and you have to conduct orchestras. And the better you get, the, the further you work your way up the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had this very weird anime style story. Um, but the gameplay was fantastic and it was all classical music. So I'm kind of contradicting myself here because it wasn't original (laughs) pieces. It was, um, you know, we, you were conducting Wagner and Mozart and and Tchaikovsky and all these songs that even if you're not a fan of classical music, you know, because you watch Looney Tunes cartoons and you've heard all these things before. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, or any movie trailer. In fact, I think was it, uh, um, it was either Night at Bald Mountain or um, Hall of the Mountain King. What one of those two was in there? Um, mm. But yeah, the the story was crazy, and the conducting was so much fun, and being able to like you, know, you were swiping and pinching and everything on the iPad, which yeah. was absolutely great for it. <laughs> um, and and uh, like most of the Square Enix um, mobile games that weren't tied to Final Fantasy. Um, mm. they, they just dropped it. It disappeared and it's gone from the store nice. and, and I was, oh, I was terribly sad. Yeah. Well, cause when you first said Square Enix, my initial thought was, you mean theater rhythm, Final Fantasy, but no, this is not that. Was it Symphonica? It was Symphonica. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> that <was safe. laughs> That's okay. I don't know nice. why I keep going with Radiance or Rhapsody or something <laughs> in, instead of Symphonica, but yeah, that was yeah. it. Ah, oh, it's a shame it's not available anymore. I wonder why they took it down. Maybe there was, I wouldn't have thought there were licensing issues with classical music because like you said, it's used, it's, uh, I think it doesn't have as much of an issue. That's why it's used so much, right? In in Looney Tunes or movie, you know, trailers and stuff. Such. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you still have to license the performance, but not the, not, not, you know, you're not paying a writer for the music for that anymore. That's mm. all public domain. Yeah. Public domain. That's um, the, that's the term I was looking for. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but it, okay. also it could be I literally was the only person on the entire planet that enjoyed it and played it as frequently as I did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if it had done well, they wouldn't have dropped support for it when Apple changed whatever they did for uh, yeah, um, the, the, whatever coding like, language the things had to be in. Yeah. It's like Dr. Mario. They dropped that. It was probably just me yeah. playing Dr. Mario, <laughs> unfortunately. That was so fun. Cool. Well, that was an awesome wrap up of the event. Thank you for that. Uh, three very exciting games. I think Super Rhythm Castle, sorry, Super Crazy Rhythm Castle doesn't have a release date as yet. I think it's just TBA 2023. Is that right? Or did they give yeah. you a date? Yeah, I, they, they didn't. No, they didn't. Okay. Um, yep. Something to look forward to later in the year. It does sound quite chaotic yet fun. <laughs> so. Oh, and you know what? I will say one more thing about the game because I think I left <laughs> off something very important. And, yeah. And, and that is, it's not just rhythm games. Um, that's the focus of it. But while you're playing, uh, if you're playing with multiple people, it's very much, uh, again, it's going to be more fun if you have multiple people playing at once, um, mm-hmm. locally or online, but in this case, especially locally, cause you're going to have to work with one another while the rhythm, while the beats are coming down that you, you have to, uh, obviously, um, tap into, um, there are other things that will happen where you now have to like pick up these like pieces of the ceiling or various things fall and you can't see the the colors coming down anymore so somebody's going to have to go clean those off 
And then mm-hmm. sometimes you have to like store them or put them, put put like a puzzle together with those pieces, get them back in the thing. So you're very much communicating with the other player. Like, okay, I'll keep doing the rhythm. You go do this. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So yeah, it's, there's, it's constantly mixing it up like that. And there are just so many different ways the game ends up going as a result. The rhythm is at the core, but you're doing a whole bunch of other things and working with the people around you to make sure that you're doing this as efficiently as you can. Yeah. So if you, you're thinking it's just another rhythm game and you don't want to do that, give this one a try because there's a lot more going on. And as a result, it becomes a lot more fun um, than most rhythm games would be as like for a party game. Yeah, that does sound fun. I love that. I love that uh, kind of diversity <laughs> in the gameplay that makes it definitely stand out. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes Everything. it super crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like games like that start with Super. I don't know why. I think it's just from the Super <laughs> Nintendo, you know, Super <laughs> Bomb. <laughs> it's just Everything worked into your brain. Yeah, because everything was super, you know, at that time. Because it was the Super Nintendo, we had Super Mario, we had Super Bomberman, we had everything was super. They never did a Super Zelda, though, did they? But <laughs> no, 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 no super, no super Fire Emblem. No, no, maybe that would be the next iteration <laughs> for those two. Oh, that would be fun. Cool. Um, well, speaking, you mentioned uh, that there was some news, some rhythm-related news. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes, and that uh, will we'll kind of tie in with our previous conversation because yeah. Sega has now made a demo available for Samba de Amigo Party Central. Cool. Um, which is, it, it looks like to be a very colorful, very upbeat, um, danceable sort of party game where the, the rhythm is based around shaking your Joy-Con like maracas mm-hmm. um, to various songs. Um. The demo includes a few songs, um, and and this go, goes back to my my previous point where uh, I got to pull up the the song list for this. Mm. Um, but the demo has uh, music that again isn't my thing, and it's I, I just don't have any interest in listening to it. <laughs> yeah, so again, right. I feel bad. I'm I, again understand. Um, I'm not knocking the artists. This just isn't the, the, the music that I listen to. Yeah. In fact, it's funny to me because it's got um, music by, let's say, Ariana Grande, and it's got uh, Carly Rae Jepsen oh, and, okay. and mm-hmm. the Jonas Brothers and Kesha. Not my thing. And then in the middle of it, they they have like Centerfold by Jay Giles Band. Okay. <laughs> like you, the, They threw me one bone. I, I appreciate yeah. that. We're going all the way back to like, what was that? 1981, 82, when my taste in music was being formed. <laughs> but yeah. I don't, I can't just play um, Jay Giles Band, Centerfold, every single time I pick this game yeah. up and mess around <laughs> with the maracas. Yeah. So uh, yeah. A, a little more, you know, for the older crowd. But also, you know, I are, are people my age getting this game? Probably not. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Do, do we get up and shake our maracas anymore? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, and yeah. I'm, perhaps I'm underselling it because there is uh, what Bon Jovi um, is in here. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the other? There was one other BM that I saw that was more along my lines. But again, none of these are included in the demo. But that's beside the point because um, the, the, the whole idea of, of just being able to like, uh, shake your, your Joy-Con as maracas with it, seems to me that it's a very approachable game because who doesn't, you know, anytime 
you went to a music class and you don't know how to play a single instrument. They gave yeah. you either maracas or, yeah. or they gave you the tambourine. Um, yeah, so we all know how to do this and, mm-hmm. you know, getting up and dancing around with, again, the, the very colorful, very hyperactive animations, um, awful lot to, uh, to, to, to get into here as you're up moving around. Um, and uh, making a demo available for it, I think, is the perfect thing to do because it could be the kind of game that you, you look at and you just don't understand what's going on. So you bypass mm-hmm. it, but download yeah. the demo and now you're starting to get a feel for um, how the gameplay actually plays out, um, how the rhythms work, uh, how the whole experience is, is going to be able to keep you entertained for a while. And you're up moving around again, which, you know, as, as Nintendo gamers, we did all the time with the Wii. And mm-hmm. now you can stand That's up it. with your Switch and, and shake your Joy-Con like maracas and have yourself yeah. a good time and get a little bit of a workout. Interesting. It's an interesting mix. Uh, they haven't, yeah, like they haven't released all the songs, obviously, or released yeah. the, the titles. So there's, there's bound to be more. They, you think they probably do want to keep it somewhat diverse so that, you know, players like yourself might be more interested. But it does seem skewed to that kind of pop side. I don't, yeah. like, I, I know Ariana Grande and, uh, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen, but probably only their famous songs. I don't know these songs. So <laughs> uh, the Keisha song is, is like, her main song, like TikTok. That's, like, her famous song from a few years ago. It's like this Miley Cyrus and Pitbull. It's very... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it yeah, seems curious. Very, very young. And like even, yeah. uh, it's got I Will Survive from Gloria Gaynor, um, oh, which yeah. of course we all know from the disc era. But it, it also says Eric Cupper Mix Extended. Yeah, so now I'm a little nervous that. that we're not just going to get the <laughs> disco version. It's it's going to have all these house beats on top of it. And they're mm. they're going to take a song, which I quite enjoyed back in the day, um, and and make it less accessible to, to, uh, to old farts like me. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I, you know, I might give the demo a go at least and see. I don't think I played, this is this, is this the second Samba D'Amigo title? It's not the first. Um, I think at least the second, yeah. Mm. And I have never played, I don't think I played the first or any others in the series. So I will download the demo. I'll make an effort to do that during the week and let you know what it's like <laughs> next week. All right, yeah, do. Uh, yeah. Um, I know, I'm trying to think, the, recall the song from the demo. It was a song by Pitbull. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is one of the demos. Um, Not really a Pitbull uh, fan, but that's okay. Uh, Celebrate, yeah. I've got listed here. I don't know if that's the song, but there's a Pitbull um, song called Celebrate. So could be that one. Oh, you know, it is, um, uh, is it maybe? Yeah, it is Pitbull. Shake Signora featuring T-Pain and Sean Paul. Okay. Um, but another one is TikTok. So there, oh, you, okay. go. Um, there you go. You know, we all know that for sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. And like, was that song... That was before TikTok was actually a thing, like the social platform on TikTok. Uh, I'm pretty sure. It's not about that. It's about a clock. Right? So, yeah. Anyway, whatever. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'll check that out and see how I go. <laughs> uh, but you're right. It does tie in. It's a bit of a theme today with the rhythm side of things. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, now we just have uh, 10 minutes or so left to talk about the games we're playing at the moment. So I guess I could start with that. Uh, So I've been talking about Vampire Survivors for a little while because it was, I think it's a game that was popular last year and um, was on mobile devices. There was some talk amongst friends that it wouldn't ever make it to the Switch or the Switch couldn't handle it. Uh, We saw in the Nintendo Direct earlier this year that it was coming to the Switch in August. It has now come out. It came out on the 17th, I believe. So I did download it 
Uh, it's only it's on special actually. It's only about seven. Oh, this might be the Australian price though. I think it was seven dollars in Australia, but it's ten percent off or something. So I'm not sure the US price, but it'd be even cheaper. It's probably like five or six dollars, right? When you convert it, so it's not a very yep. expensive game. Yep. Um, and we were talking about Brotato recently, so it's similar to that in that you must survive hordes of enemies who crowd around you. Uh, I have played it probably only for uh, 20 minutes or so, actually just before the show, <laughs> uh, just to try it out. And it's there is a difference between Brotato and this one, which namely is Brotato has waves that you have to conquer. So you've got like a two-minute wave, and once you defeat that wave, uh, you sort of move on to the next wave and you get power-ups or whatever. This one is just one from 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 my 20 minutes of gameplay. Uh, it's like one continuous wave. Like there is no end. There's no, there's no end. <laughs> there's no break. <laughs> no relaxation anywhere? No. Well, kind of. You collect every time you kill an enemy. There's It starts off pretty easily. Like there's bats who uh, you can kind of one-shot the bats. There are a lot of them though. And it's sort of, it looks a little like, I don't know, Castlevania because you're, and it's not a platformer, it's a top-down, you know, twin-stick shooter, but you look a little bit like Simon Belmont and you kind of look like you have a whip and the enemies look vampire, vampiric, vampiric, I don't know how to say that. Uh, uh, vampiric, let's go <laughs> vampiric. vampiric. Yeah. And it just looks like, it's also very retro looking, it almost looks 8-bit, it's very stylistically done that way on purpose. So it looks like it's, it's like... Uh, Simon Belmont in a top-down survival game or something, which is cool. I like that. I like Castlevania uh, and I like vampires. So this is something I'm interested in. And <laughs> <laughs> every time you you dispose of an enemy, a little gem appears, a little blue gem or a crystal or something. You collect them. I, I think this is what triggers it. But eventually you do get to pause because you get a power-up given to you. Uh, you, you have to choose one of three items whether it's a defense up you know you know increase your defense or increase your attack or get a new weapon so as you proceed you get stronger and stronger but of course the enemies also get stronger so apart from bats then you start having these kind of ghouls that wander around then you get these kind of green i don't even know what they are they might just be ghouls as well but there's these green entities and then there's ghosts and then these plants and there's just more and more and more of them uh surrounding you <laughs> And there's a timer at the top which tells you how long you've been playing for. So I assume the aim is to just get the best time. I don't know because I had to stop playing to record the show. So I handed the control to Hayden, my son. I'm like, here you go. You can play. And I think he just died. But <laughs> uh, what, just now? Like early, before the show started, yes. Oh, okay. I was playing. <laughs> oh That's just why. died as in he didn't get anything done. <laughs> no, I no, you were no. saying he's been at it for the past 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that would Give be that good. Give kid a prize. Mm -hmm, exactly so uh it's fun it's really fun and it's a very it's a you know it's a budget title and this you, you wouldn't want to pay much more than that because uh, i assume it's free on mobile devices anyway i did notice I, I when i first started playing it i had the switch in my hand like in handheld mode and it's touchscreen controls just like you would play on your tablet or your phone so you're controlling uh this i'm going to call him simon he's not simon but i'm going to you're controlling simon belmont um with your finger right I did not like that. I did not enjoy that at all uh, on the yeah. switch. At, on the switch, at least. So I think we kind of touched on this when I talked about Brotato as well. Um, but I, I couldn't see a way to change that control, at least in handheld mode. But I didn't play with the options for long enough to really say for sure. But putting it like docking the switch, it's fine. It's a twin stick shooter, which I really like. I love twin stick shooters. So you're controlling the dude, 
actually, sorry, it's not a twin stick shooter because you're really just controlling the dude's direction. He just shoots automatically. You don't have to fire. Okay. So it's automatic fire. You're just controlling the, the person and he walks around and collects the gems as he avoids the enemies. You've got a little health bar. Um, yeah, it's fun. So it's about surviving. Yeah, vampire survivors. So you are a survivor. I don't know if there's an end to the game. I presume it's endless. <laughs> but I'll uh, I'll have another go and see see what happens. But yeah, it's, okay. it's a bit of fun. I was looking so forward to it. Your character is the vampire? I mean, is he surviving <laughs> or are you surviving attacks from vampires? I, my take on it is that you are surviving vampire attacks, but okay. I don't know how that works with the title. <laughs> Maybe you, yeah. Maybe you do get to choose your character at the start. I think the only one is unlocked by default. So I chose the this person who I'm calling Simon. It's not Simon Belmont. Do not go out thinking this is a Castlevania spinoff. It's not. It's just my take on it. Uh, I guess you can unlock more characters on the way. It looked like there were four, but they were shaded out to me. The other three. So yeah, it looks like there's four humans, and all these ghouls and goblins are attacking you, and yeah. you have to survive. Basically. And yeah. and I see the uh, looking at the images here that it does have sword fighting skeletons, so that's an instant win for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yes, very cool. I don't know if there's a boss fight or anything like that. I haven't come across one. I don't know if that's a thing. I haven't looked into it enough to know for sure. But I will uh, I will keep persisting with that and see how we go. So <laughs> it's a bit of fun though. It is fun. Hayden uh, again because he's a potato bro- fan, which is how I heard about that game in the first place. Said he prefers potato. So that's okay. if you're if you have ten year old children. I don't know if Vampire Survivors is made for ten year olds. I'm guessing it's probably not, but yeah, potato certainly is. So <laughs> yeah, that's my story. Okay, oh, I like it. And I, I, I looking through the graphics here, I really like the way the game looks too. Um, I'm hoping, and it looks to be this yeah. way, like the the little characters that are attacking you. They're not animated, right? It's just like they're little, like almost like little army men moving at you because they're all standing yeah. in the exact same way. I yes. think in a way that works better than if they were like moving somehow or like their arms <laughs> yeah. or legs were articulated that they're mm-hmm. just these static images coming at you. I think it makes it look even cooler. Yeah. I, I'm i not sure. I don't, I can't picture whether they were moving or not. The ghosts definitely weren't because they don't have legs. They're just floating yeah. at you. The bats, do their wings move? Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to play it again. I, I, I could say yes or no, but I wouldn't be really 100% sure of that. Sorry. It definitely looks, uh, you know, I think the legs might move of the ghouls maybe slightly like they're walking, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah. It definitely looks, yeah, kind of 8-bit uh, graphics-wise. Yeah. yeah. It has a cool look to it. Definitely an enjoyable little little title uh, for a budget price if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> and and yeah. I also see that it has its own DLC. Yeah, I did notice that as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not sure what that provides. Does it have any information about what's actually in the DLC? I didn't really look into that myself. It looks like maybe different locations. There's a very snowy, one of them is called Vampire Survivor's Legacy of the Moon Smell. Or, excuse mm. me, Moon Spell. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And it's very snowy, very white. Um, so it, it just looks like maybe has different visuals and different characters that you're going to be controlling. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't include the DLC, to be honest, but maybe that's why it's quite cheap. Yeah, yeah, and the DLC is yeah. only, um, you know, like I said, it's on special too, normally $1.99 here in the U.S., and right now they're $1.79. So, so, um, so yeah, Vampire Survivors is definitely something I'm enjoying at the moment, and I will keep playing through the week. <laughs> and did you want to touch on the Sea of Stars demo? Have you had a chance to play that one? 
Yes, I did, finally, um, on mm-hmm. uh, Justin's recommendation. He's been following this very closely since mm-hmm. Nintendo um, um, gave us a look at it. And it, it's again, it's a retro-styled uh, turn-based RPG. Um, you're mm-hmm. following three characters around. Uh, there's not too much information on the adventure, um, you know, exactly what's going on with the story thus far. And if, I'm not even sure where the demo takes place because it seemed to me like it was in a good place that could have been a beginning, um, except there was one point where they were talking about something and they said uh, it was redacted um, oh. from the demo. Right. So that would indicate to me that maybe we are further along in the story somehow and are learning something we're not supposed to know yet. So they had to pull that out. So I could be wrong. Interesting. Um, but the, the visuals in this are fantastic. They're so detailed. Um, you know, even for a retro RPG, there's so much color and 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 so much life in this little world they they mm. put together. But one of my favorite things about it, and most RPGs don't do this, like when you come up to um, like like just a, an incline, a, a step up or down, you don't just un, unless it's a simple step. Um, if it's a, of a little more height, then you have to hit a button to jump down or hit a button to climb up. And it, it sounds dumb, but just putting that little thing in there really makes you feel more like you're actually moving around this landscape as mm. opposed to just bouncing through it. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, having to take that extra step just to leap up onto onto a ledge of a, of a mountain you're climbing is really kind of cool. Yeah, right. That is nice. It's a nice touch. I like that too. Yeah, I have played the demo, but um, I don't think I finished it. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, Justin was talking about it recently, and I have also tried the demo. It's it's beautiful looking game, and um, the music is also a treat. And I think it's out very soon, like at the end of August, right? Um, let's Hopefully, I think the, well, the Nintendo shop, uh, eShop, still says it's releasing in 2023. Oh, oh yes, okay. it does. Yeah, it's down there. You're right. August 29th. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. So it'll, it'll be among us very soon. I don't know if we'll have... Uh, chance to play it uh, straight away because it looks like it might be quite a deep game but i'm sure uh yourself or justin or somebody will be will be immersed into it over time (laughs) so yeah did you finish the demo because i did not um i have not yet Mm -hmm. um um, hopefully i will hear quickly um i I did see looking through the images uh, that are up here on the eShop. um do you remember when you went into the bar early in the demo and met someone named teeks Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a screenshot here where she says, nice to meet you too. I'm Teeks. And she's talking to our three main characters. So that would indicate to me that we have met this this woman before we meet her in the mm-hmm. demo. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it looks like it is a chunk in the center of it where where they're giving us the gameplay. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yep. I, and I also got a kick out of it when there's a, there's a point in the village, the first village you go to where there are some guards standing in front of a wall. And if you go or in front of some steps and if you go talk to them, they will tell you, uh, we're sorry, this part of the game is not a, a, available in the demo. And I thought, what a, ni- what a nice way to break that third wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. That's nice. Yeah, it looks like a lot of love has gone into it, uh, a lot of care and attention to detail. So it'll be very interesting to have the full release upon us and uh, see how that stands up against the demo. But yeah, it's... I think it's another example of, I mean, demos, we do see a lot of demos for RPGs, I guess, don't we? You know, like um, some of those recent ones that we've had uh, from Square Enix, I think they had some demos. Yeah. 
because they're such big games and you you know you have your fans like you're you know you're a fan I mean I would say I'm a fan even though I don't play anywhere near as much as you <laughs> I definitely was before I had kids I played a lot more back then um and yeah but if you're not or if you're on the fence or because there are so many to choose from I suppose if there's a demo for one and you try it and you like it then you're more likely to buy it yeah. especially if it carries I'm- over the save carries over as well I did that with, was it Dragon Quest Ten that came out on the Switch? Dragon Quest Eleven. What, what's the most recent one that came out? Um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> but there was a, they had a demo. It started at the beginning. Everything carried over and it was like a full 10 hours. You got wow. 10 hours into this demo before you, you needed to buy the game. And yeah. it completely hooked me in that time. And I ended up going out and buying it um, specifically. And that was the first Dragon Quest game I'd ever played. I didn't have much interest in the series. Um, And I gave that one a shot and loved it, bought it, played it, had a great time. There is a Dragon Quest XI. I don't know if that's... And it does have a demo, so it's probably that one. Echoes of an Elusive Age, maybe? Um, Maybe. I can pull that up too. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's uh, an upcoming one. It doesn't have a release date for me, the page I'm looking at. Oh, is it it a classic top-down style RPG or is it more of a 3D one? Oh, you know what? It was this one. You you could play it both ways. Yes, oh, it was this game. I love and that. And you had it. You had an option of playing it with a modern 3D approach or in more of the classic style of of the Dragon Quest games. Yeah. Oh wow, that is so cool. Because I stopped playing Dragon Quest because it went 3D. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the 3D style. I like the top down style. Uh, but this having both options, yeah, I would take the top down style every time for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's such a completely different visual approach to it, too. The fact <laughs> that they had that in there is is really rather incredible. Yeah. There's only one screenshot that I can see of the top down, but it looks really cool. That's my style. That's my jam. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe I should check that out. Yeah, that's cool. And, or at least the demo, the 10 hour demo. <laughs> I can't. How long is the actual game? It must be huge. Uh, yeah, boy, you know, we're looking around 80, 90 hours again. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the other reason I stopped playing Dragon Quest, I think. <laughs> I had one on the DS, I think. It, I don't know which number it was. Five, seven, I, I don't even know. Uh, and that was so fun. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I haven't played all of the Dragon Quest titles, just a few random ones that came to Nintendo devices. Yeah. Anyway, good to know. Thank you for that. Uh, I suppose, unless, sorry, do you have anything else you would like to say? Because we're no, boy, getting towards I, the I, end. I went on far far enough in the, in this episode. <laughs> no, it was all very interesting and informative. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us this week on another Pure Nintendo podcast episode. We do launch our episodes every Monday. We'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback or if you want to leave us a review on the uh, podcasting channels, let us let us know your thoughts. Leave us a comment on YouTube or a question. We'll answer them next week. And make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss out. Thank you, Kirk, again, for joining me this week. And Oh, certainly. Yeah. You can head on over to purenintendo.com for all our latest reviews. And if you want to support the magazine, we are over at patreon.com slash purenintendo. We're going to get started on our next issue very, very soon. And until next week, game on, everybody. Bye.